0: This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries american soccer podcast i'm andrew here with my guy spencer and spencer we made it international break the first checkpoint of the premier league how you doing buddy
1: andrew the day's almost finally here of you know i've been waiting for months to watch the u.s just beat the fuck out of uzbekistan in my backyard and we're almost (laughs) there pal almost there can't wait just buzzing how are you my friend i'm i'm doing well we've got a little
0: bit of a breather here right as we kind of which honestly is perfectly timed as we get into football this week right i mean i've got two fantasy drafts tonight you got you're in one league with me here we had another one last week like i'm doing one it's football time right i mean this is this is this is for la- i mean we love soccer right it's football time it's time It's it's football time i'm glad the premier league scheduling like the best scheduling they've done, if they're, I think we both think the Premier League scheduling is a little bit shitty. The best thing they did was clear out for next weekend. Because, dear Lord, I don't know that I would have consumed a lot of soccer this upcoming weekend.
1: Yeah, it's about to be that funny time of year where, like, I wake up on a Sunday morning and it's like, do I watch pregame football or do I watch, like, Aston Villa versus Luton Town at 11 right. a.m. Right. Hmm. But then they do like the terrible thing of they put like your club on it like 11 o'clock on a Sunday and you're like, come on, guys. Fucking I got red zone seven <laughs> hours of commercial free football. I've only got so many screens here. Jesus.
0: Right. If they do that and the reds and red zone and like the Vikings play, it's like I'm out of screens. I'm out of screens. I'm stressed out. You know that's of course like you know Chelsea at eleven, Vikings at noon. It's like who is going to ruin my day first? It'll be kind of a fun, fun game to see who can do it first here. As, um, as the Premier League takes a break, there on an international break, so we will have some uh, USMNT roster thoughts. We will have a little bit of breakdown and some con- uh, conversation about Spencer's best friend Greg Burhalter retaining his. Uh, his post, uh, Spencer's absolute best friend, Greg Berhalter. Um, the GOAT. But yeah. No, <laughs> would you rather have him or an actual GOAT, Spencer? I don't know your... We'll get into it. We, we actually will get into <laughs> it. But, uh, um, and then we'll wrap it up. We've got some Premier League kind of like first... I think you put it a good or way earlier. It's like it's the first check mark of the season. It's the first time to look around and evaluate. So we're going to look at kind of the league as a whole, see where we are. We've got five... Burning questions, declarative statements that we either will agree or not agree to. But um, other than that, buddy, I
1: think uh, I think we're about ready to roll here. Let's do it, dude. Let's talk about this U.S. roster, my friend, because it's a yes, uh, as spicy as it can get for <laughs> a friendlies against Uzbekistan and Oman or whoever the hell. But yeah, yep,
0: yeah, it is. That's uh, um. <laughs> It really just takes the wind out of your sails to, like, say who they're playing against in these, like, it's like the college football bye game, right? Mizzou b- pays some little sister of the poor to come in le- week one and absolutely hopefully get shit on, right? It happens all the time in college basketball, right? Teams have them all the time, but um, I don't know. Maybe someone's got a better reasoning for it, but a international window that is filled with Omar in Uzbekistan is not competitive, is not fun it's games but i don't well, know what you want me to say about omar and uzbekistan
1: well, we've got um, <laughs> we've got week zero in college football as you kind of reference like this is just international break zero andrew it's just you know pay the pay the poor people of the world to come to america spend a nice week in beautiful st louis for uzbekistan Oh, and i didn't know you guys got the big did you guys get the
0: big draw of Uzbekistan? Yeah, the Uzbeks the are just buzzing? running
1: wild in town. Yeah, it's,
0: it's crazy. I'm assuming Metro Booming's just booked all week through.
1: It has to I be. Mean,
0: I mean, actually, it's it's actually that actually, actually makes you sad. Is it in the new stadium, too? That you yeah, guys just in the built? soccer like, stadium, yep. In a, in a parallel world where a country that has ever made a World Cup comes to town, Spencer's probably there, or at least has a shot at looking at the game, you know, looking at the ticket prices and being depressed. But, you know, Osmar and Uzbekistan. Well, we got there at least.
1: Oh. I mean, that, well, that was really the that's the hold up here of we looked at the ticket prices and I was like, there's no way for Uzbekistan. There's, Ooh, there's hold no on. Way. Let me guess. Let me
0: guess. Let, do you, If you know, you let me guess what you were looking at the other day. The pricing to watch the men's national team play against Uzbekistan. Is it under one hundred and fifty dollars per ticket?
1: It's about, you're, you're writing about the neighborhood of the cheaper oh, seats in there was around 150 Word, Last I looked, it's, been a, it's been a couple weeks, <sighs> to be fair. The
0: U.S. Soccer Federation is, I mean, when you put, I guess when you put them up against all the other soccer federations of the world, like it could be Spain, I guess it could be worse, but holy cow, just the absolute corruptness of whatever that price is. Just an absolute travesty, especially when, you know, you're getting like, hometown boy tim ream back into the squad right like this is a, basically a homecoming for him um no josh Sargent, but i mean should we talk talk squad a little bit here and, and see what we got see what we have thoughts on the uh, men's national team roster because honestly for team for teams we're not excited against them playing the lineups will be good it's a good squad should, <laughs> the lineup should be exciting <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a damn good squad, Andrew. I mean, you look through it, um, couple guys you'd maybe expect to be there out through injury. I know Sergeant, you said, um, I think he's quite possibly in that like third striker role for this team overall. But, um, I mean, overall, we're I mean, we're talking just forward wise, even like Brendan Aronson, Baligan, Pepe, Pulisic, Wea. I mean, that's a pretty stacked group, Andrew. Just right mm-hmm. there alone, um, yeah. and it kind of translates through the rest of it. I mean, on defense, you've got. You know, Jedi's there. Miles Robinson, Chris Richards, Tim Ream, like you said. Um, midfield, McKinney, guys Eunice like Musa McKinney. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, this is a pretty close to full strength roster, Andrew, with a couple of exceptions like guys like Sargent, Tyler Adams out with injury, but otherwise, yeah. um, pretty good. They're bringing. I mean, they're, they're they're bringing their big boy pants to this fight with Uzbekistan. <laughs> And speaking
0: of big boy pants, you'll notice one person we uh, did not say was making the roster, and it is Gio Reyna has been left off the roster. Um, It was kind of cited as like due to injury, right? Um, But there's been a lot of like kind of nasty reports that, uh, you know, he's injured. And then like Greg hasn't talked to the guy, which is infuriating, right? After all the drama that was going on for the last like year when Greg got suspended for six months and everything else. Just like you guys haven't had a phone call. We're just going to be, you no know, one's going to put their big, to bring a big boy pants to bring it full circle. No one's going to put up in their on their big boy pants. We're just all going to just not talk to each other like adults. It's great. Love it. The incredible leadership for Greg. It's just shining well, through.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just like, you know, when me and my wife once in a while, like get in a big fight or something and, you know, I tend to go and you know, after a while of being, you know, irritated for a couple hours or something, maybe, maybe five, six hours if it's a real bad fight. And then, you know, you go and you talk it out, but that's obviously not part of the Greg playbook, it seems like so far. And this is probably the thing we cited the most <laughs> no. when they rehired him as being a problem, like that this had to get resolved and it doesn't seem like it is yet. So that's alarming at the very least.
0: Yeah, it's just the kind of growth – it's the kind of lack of growth you absolutely don't want to see. Reyna's one of the most talented players. Greg is the coach, like it or not. Um, they had every opportunity to even just not – didn't even have to fire him. They just had to not renew his contract, right? They had to not bring him back. And there was all these reasons not to, and people you – you wanted them out after the World Cup, right, before we knew all this stuff was going on, right? It was a time for transition and change. And we've instead doubled down. Right. Brought to you by the people that are going to be charging you um, one hundred and fifty dollars plus to go see Uzbekistan in St. Louis it is the same people that didn't want to change anything. Um, it's just really frustrating. Right. To have that kind of stuff. Not even then make progress. Right. Because you think if you're rehiring the guy. Right. Or bringing him back. Condition one has to be like you and Gio have to figure this out. Right? Gio Reyna is, is a talented enough player that he's not going to be left out of the national team picture. Right? Especially going forward, right? You could argue, you could make an argument maybe he didn't fit the system with everyone healthy in the World Cup. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. And granted, Gio has been hurt, but no conversation. Like, y'all didn't talk. This would have been the easiest time ever because you don't have to bring him in. Right? Because he's hurt. You don't have to bring him in. But to be like, yep, me and Gio have quashed this. We're going to take some time and... You know, he'll be ready by the next one. It would have been so easy to do. What are we doing? Yeah.
1: uh, It's it's frustrating, right? The only reason I'm not going to completely, you know, crucify Greg on this, I suppose, is the teams we are playing, right? Um, But if we get to a point, like you're saying, this would be a good time to just kind of get it out of the way, like have that awkward reunion type of thing, just get it all done. For, so when you get to the bigger games, the bigger windows, he's, you know, the squad's integrated. This isn't a rift that's still yeah. ongoing. Um, so that would have been nice. But honestly, if, the real problem is going to come if we get to these big windows where it's, you know, gold cups or um, <clears throat> Copa America that are going to be in next summer. Like if we're having discussions about Geo not being on the roster when he's available for selection, then Greg's going to get completely crucified by me and by every U.S. soccer fan. He's going to deserve every single word of it.
0: Right. Even like you look ahead, like we've got an international window in October where we played Germany and Ghana in two days in, or in a span of three days. Wouldn't you want your best attacking players for that? Maybe you would think you would want to have them in and someone who can pick a pass and, you know. Show that kind of growth and maturity, but nope, we're going to be petulant. You, let's push the drama out for another month if we can get it. Um, do hope Gio's feeling better. Do hope he's close to coming back and playing again for Dortmund. Um, that's been really kind of a bummer to start the year, but we've the guys we've got in camp is a fun is a fun group. We got the the new Italian contingent, right? We got this McKenny Wea building up the team chemistry. We've got Pulisic. Eunice Musa hanging out in Milan with Olivier Giroud, um, and then like Matt Turner, absolutely solid one comes in. Chris Richards is going to get some play time. You got to imagine. Um, are we excited about any kind of the the newer faces here? I feel like we kind of know what we've got with that group, right? But are we are we excited about any of the kind of newer faces on this roster kind of catching your eye, Spencer?
1: Um, I mean. Probably the guy that would be the most exciting that we haven't seen much of, at least yet, is, you know, see how Florian Ball- Fuller and Baligan continues mm-hmm. to integrate into this team, right? Obviously, I think that's the low-hanging fruit here of what's exciting coming in, because we've only seen him in that Gold Cup for a couple games uh, leading up to this, but... um Couple other new guys on there, like I don't know much about him. Christopher Lund is, I, I had to look him up because I would never heard of him. He's <laughs> he doesn't Danish have a picture guy.
0: on the soccer uh web website yet, so right. He's a uh, Danish,
1: <laughs> D- Danish, but had an American mother, I believe, is what I read. And um, he's a fullback for I think Palermo or something, Serie B. I know he's in Serie B, okay, but. Had a nice play in training. I mean, they just—they're only going to tweet out the nice stuff. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you get what you get. I, would, I guess I would—I
0: would, I would love like a sarcastic like USMNT account to just, you know, tweet like just Mark McKenzie just fluffing the ball, just fluffing his lines or something like that. Like, just <laughs> what are we doing? What are we showing to people?
1: Yeah, just, <laughs> a just cr- give us all of it. Yeah, but. Like, he'll be interesting. Uh, Kevin Paredes, we've seen him a little bit at Wolfsburg, do some nice things. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him get his first cap here. And, um, I love a speed merchant, Spencer. Yeah, love a but nice You know me, speed I love a, love
0: a speed merchant. Happy to have you. You're flying up and, and down a wing, bud.
1: <laughs> and then, like, one other guy we haven't seen a ton of who I'm excited to see is uh, Malik Tillman. He's only got, yeah, I think, like three or four caps pick. under him. Excited mm-hmm. to see what he can maybe do with you know a lower competition maybe get a little more of a run out get the big boys out there for the first half give some younger guys the second half of the second game whatever it is but should be exciting it's a nice mix of guys we haven't seen a ton of and you know guys that we have nailed on as our starting nine or 11
0: yeah, yeah this would be a great nine group come to from. if they had a real I, I can be. I can probably talk myself into be excited about nine of these guys. It's the other two. I'm. So, I, I worry about Greg <laughs> picking. Um, you know, nine of these guys are pretty straightforward. The other two, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the uh, the other thing I just think of is like with Adams being out, is this a time to experiment a little bit with the lineup? Um, the addition of like Luca De La Torre and Johnny Cardoza makes me think. Maybe not, um, that they're just going to play the same standard thing that Greg always plays. But I think it would be a fun way to get, like, or put Mo- Eunice Musa back there, right? Like he did so well this summer, and then let McKinney and Tillman get forward. Cause that's, that's, I think, where Tillman is going to shine most, right? All his highlights we've ever seen are goals, right? Of him getting forward using his big body and, and kind of putting things in the back of the net there. So I, I think, I think it'll be fun. I don't know how, um, the the opponents themselves just are are a little difficult sometimes to get super super excited for but i think the uh i absolutely think we can have kind of a fun productive uh window here
1: yeah for sure i mean look it's it's us it's it's all us fans right we're going to sit here they're going to pound uzbekistan like five nothing and (laughs) gonna score a wonder goal and we're gonna be like oh this team's got it like we're good we'll all hate greg still but we'll be like this team can win and despite greg will be great or they'll like somehow grind out like a one nil win or maybe god dare i say even a draw and we're all gonna overreact and say greg's lost the whole plot this team won't play for him bring back (laughs) fucking whatever his name is, that was our caretaker manager a few weeks ago. I can't even remember. Oh. I'm totally out of my brain. Anthony something. Yeah, as, as you say, I knew Anthony, but, you know. But I, oh man, it's, I it. It, this is the fun of being USMNT fans. Is It's just a completely delusional, hyperbolic space, and we're going to overreact to everything. And I'm just excited to be back to that, honestly, more than anything. That's
0: That's literally what we're here to do, like – we're here to be excited about it. We're here. You guys do not have to watch these games. I will find this game somehow and watch it and have an opinion for you. I promise. Um, As, as annoyed as I sound about the scheduling. um, I do wonder if we are going to run into this a little bit more often, just with not necessarily having qualifiers we have to play. Right. Um, In the upcoming months, like we've got really good friendlies lined up, right. We've told you we play Germany. We play Ghana in the space of just a couple of days, um, but I don't know. I don't know how often we'll have that kind of easy ability to do so. Right. Um, it may be that kind of, we're playing the obscure nations that also don't have qualifiers or don't have anything going on in the window. Right. Like that, that could be the reality we're kind of headed towards.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it could be a barren wasteland until next summer. <laughs> Andrew, besides friendlies <laughs> here and there. Um, but We'll be traversing through that wasteland, Andrew, as we always are. Well, speaking
0: of traversing through a wasteland, I think it's time to get to what has been a fun, interesting at the very least, start to the Premier League season, unless you've got anything else about the the boys in red, white, and blue coming to your hometown. Are you going to be hosting a dinner or anything that they can come to? Anything you want to publicly invite them into your home?
1: Um. Sure. Uh. Yeah, boys. If you're tired of Greg and his weird speeches and volleying balls and shoes and whatever he does, uh, you can come over to my place and I'll throw some. I, I've got like a big Costco bag of chicken nuggets. I could just throw a lot of those in the oven. I guess <laughs> if that's interesting yeah, to any of us. I was gonna By say, like, you got,
0: get the smoker rolling. I know you got the smoker, right? I mean, it's a pretty open invitation. I would say. Joey Scales, maybe, is top of the invite list. I mean, we haven't I'd brought him have up have yet. Joey God Scales. knows we love Joey Scales around.
1: Um, yeah. If you, if, well, I will say, if you guys want the smoker, I'm going to need a little heads up. Uh, you know, meat's got it a frost. We're talking 12 hours here instead of, like, 20 minutes on the chicken nuggets. So get in my Twitter DM sooner than later.
0: If you uh, – <laughs> That, that is also the way we are uh, transitioning and uh, letting everyone know about Spencer's break-off podcast called We Want the S- Do You Want the Smoker? Where he just gives the hottest of takes from around the sports landscape while cooking meat. It's a nine-and-a-half-hour podcast, and it really marinates. It really <laughs> marinates. By hour se- seven or eight, his sports takes will really be fucking you up. Yeah, just I'm just like going to be believe. Just <laughs> pounding
1: alcohol the entire time. So by hour like six, it's going to get really entertaining.
0: Yeah, and if nobody checks it, it might absolutely burn down the entire neighborhood. You never know, but that's why you got to keep an eye on these things, man. Um, but no, I think it's uh, time to talk about the Premier League, talk about where we and you know, where we are, where we've been, where we might see things going. Um, but any general thoughts before we get into the big five questions or declarative statements? I guess it is coming your way for the Premier League.
1: No, I mean, like kind of you said earlier, um, this is really, I think, a great time to look back. We're, what, four games in for every team. Got a good idea. We've seen every team get out there against different levels of competition, uh, except for one kind of that we'll get to that's only playing fucking the top of the league. It feels like every week. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's good. Like it's a mile marker one kind of of this season, right? Of this long 38 game journey we have. So excited to kind of look at it and kind of, See, like project us, kind of see what we think things are going to turn into the rest of this year, Andrew. This this is absolutely the first stop on a road trip, which um,
0: if you've ever taken a road trip with my family, we got everybody locked in the car. Everybody's locked into what they're doing. And we are not, you know, we're not really stopping for stuff. However, 10 minutes into being on the road, my dad will make a stop for gas or not even for gas because the car is gassed up. He is ready to go. It's a stop for coffee. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is the dad only coffee stop. Um, No one else is allowed out of the car. We're not getting something for everybody. Right. This is not an all skate. This is just to stop and look around, take a minute and really focus for the long drive ahead.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, got to have that good first stop and like, you know, just plan out the route and everything. So, yeah, let's let's get into these questions, Andrew. Let's uh, yeah, man, kind of. plan this road trip out
0: all right well first place on the road trip is a place near and dear to your heart my statement city will win the league by 20 points spencer manchester city in case you were worried it was a different city team it's, it's your boys at manchester are they they haven't dropped any points yet they are four for four they have 12 points are they walking away with it this year is this going to be back to business as usual
1: Yeah, you know, Andrew, um, I don't know if I'd go as far to say, like, they're going to dog walk this league by, like, 20 points or anything, but uh, you can't ignore that, you know, in years past when they've been potentially a a bit, maybe wobbly is the wrong word, but... um, have struggled a little more out of the gate and haven't found that real dominant swing until more in the middle of the season. They're, they're off to a hell of a start here. And I think maybe what would be pushing things more towards this being a bit of a gap between them and the rest of the table is that it seems like what's underneath them is we'll get more into after. And some of these other questions, um, it's very congested down there. It feels like it's going to be the rest of the year, right? Like Arsenal have already dropped points. United have dropped points. Everybody's dropped points, obviously, besides City. But they, it feels like there's a lot of infighting underneath them. So I guess to answer your question, I, I'm going to give you like a tentative yes that I do think that they are going to probably win this league somewhat comfortably this year. I don't know if it's going to be 20 points specifically, but – they they look like the cream of the crop again, even without Kevin De Bruyne and stuff. And we we haven't even seen. We saw Jeremy Doku for the first time over the weekend. He looked pretty good. Haven't seen uh, Nunez yeah, yet. Yeah, did love but...
0: how well he did. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> but City's
1: City. They they look really good. Everybody else looks pretty good too. But just they might be beating up on each other all year. That it might be City's title relatively early in the season compared to like last year.
0: Yeah. Um, not, not a full, like Lee Corso, like not so fast, my friend, right. Put on a different helmet or put on a different mascot head and, you know, celebrate against you here. But, um, I think it's just that if city had dropped points, right. Cause they could have in a couple of those games, I think it'd be very easy to talk about like, Hey, you know, they have to adjust to life without KDB and how's Pep going to manage that whole thing. The thing that scares me the most as someone maybe more well definitely more so than you but rooting for an aggressive title challenge is how good the defense looks right like the fact that it looks like there's no way through because there was always like okay city are very tough to break down right but if you play through their press if you can do it you might get rewarded right that was always kind of a possibility in the past there had, and maybe it's just who they played, right? We put a lot of stock into Newcastle earlier this year and they've had a rough go of it more to come in that later, but um not saying it's done and dusted or anything, but um, the teams that you guys have played have not really looked like they've had a chance to, uh, you know, play through the press and get rewarded like a lot of teams have in the past. Right. Cause that's, that's kind of how you attack city, right? Burnley wasn't doing it. Um, Newcastle did not have it on that day. And then I think it's just who Sheffield and yeah, Sheffield last weekend they, Sheffield scored, which was nice. And then Fulham, like not exactly a murderer's row of aggressive attacking play, right? You guys haven't needed to outscore anybody yet, which you guys usually can do without kind of flaw. But are is this going to be a weird shift from if they give up two go like other soccer teams, Chelsea, for one, like if we give up two goals, I don't know what we're going to do sometimes. You guys haven't had that problem in years. Like, oh, two goals? An inconvenience, sure, but why don't we just turn it on, right? I wonder if that's where, if somebody can get a sneaky one by you and then a penalty, can they rebound, right? Is there enough offensive firepower, which seems like a crazy thing to say out loud about a pep team. I can't
1: believe that just came out
0: of my mouth, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I, like think to your point, though, that's probably why I feel – pretty good about this city team is it's just something later on in the year when pep kind of switched it to that four center back system with the mm-hmm. hybrid right back midfielder type oh, of thing box, that john box stones box was doing that yeah. no
0: one's ever talked about before and has never happened <laughs> but it was
1: weird right when he did it at first no, 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 it was no, like no. he got he got rid john of Cancelo stones
0: in the midfield yes
1: yeah and he was like cancello get the fuck out of here uh kyle walker wasn't playing at that point it was like ake stones Laporte Diaz. We're just gonna go all four of our center backs. Or Kanji was in there too, obviously, since Laporte sometimes, but um just four center backs don't give a shit. We're just gonna play defense and we're gonna let one of them's gonna step up, play like kind of defensive midfield. We're gonna let Rodri slide a little further up and just let our world class midfielders and attackers just do all <laughs> that. And it's worked and it's something's clicked with this team where I'm, I am I it's crazy obviously city's been so so good over the years right so i'm not saying this is like some spoiled brat but like you've always did have that in the back of your head of city might give up a few goals they might have to outscore them they have been an we have to outscore them in the past team and last year they turned into a we can outscore you but we'll also beat you one nil i mean they did it in the champions league final they did it in some other games they're able to grind out results now too and not give up goals which makes me a lot more confident in their ability to survive this, you know, kind of yeah. big blip in the radar of injuries with like De Bruyne and stuff. So I, I, I just, I, I don't see a way through for the rest of the league. I really don't honestly.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it positive. Say maybe the rest of the league has a chance. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to move, move on to the next question, because it's again about the elite elites of the game and a solid defense Spencer, West Ham are locked into, they're locked for a top six finish this year.
1: Lock it up. Throw away the key. Bet on it. Oh, man. Just from my favorite team. Spend that money,
0: cash that bet.
1: From my favorite team to my side piece right away, Andrew. I declared them my side piece last week. (laughs) And, oh, they are. They've been fun. I I really liked watching West Ham this year. There's so much fun to watch this year. Um, still, really, I, I think did he get on the field last week? Kudos. I can't remember, but um, haven't seen much much of him either way. But I I want to say that they are locked into this top six, Andrew. But oh, I just I can't Lock bring myself in, to do it. Oh, I can't bring myself they, to do it, Andrew. They can
0: hear you not believing right now, Zach. You keep track of this. When he wants to adopt them (laughs) later in the year, you don't let him. All right, he he disrespected your boys. He didn't know. He didn't do it. He had a fair chance to answer your question from earlier. They played Friday, and he was not on the. He did not make an appearance yet. For kudos, so. Um, But Zach, keep him accountable. Okay, this ain't it. He just called him a side piece, and he just kind of just. They're not finishing even
1: top six. Oh, well, Andrew, it's like. It's like when you go to like a Mexican (laughs) restaurant or something, right? And you're like, you know, maybe a little strapped on cash and... You're like, I can go there. I know they've got like the combination plates where, like, for ten bucks, I can get a taco and a burrito, some beans and rice on the side, and just get out of there. But then you see the beautiful sizzling plate of fajitas come out, and you go, "Man, maybe I should get (laughs) some fajitas." And you look at the menu, and it's like twenty two fifty for the fajitas, and you're like, "I don't know, it's a little steep. I just, I I don't think I can buy it." I can. um, I just. I I know. I'm. That's where I am. I'm. I'm I'm Um, teetering towards buying the fajitas, but I don't. I, I just. You know, I've only bought – now I'm busting out the second credit card because I only bought $10 in cash with me, right? So it's <laughs> – I'm going to have to say no on West Ham here just because okay. it has less to do with West Ham. I think they are quite good. I think they're going to be in and around that all year. Like, I'm kind of sitting on both sides of the fence, I understand, but just it's – that the table's <laughs> so good around them, right? And there's teams that we think that are – behind them right now that are going to rebound very well. Like uh, United's behind them right now, obviously um, Newcastle's had their tough starts of to the year. They're back there, but like there's teams that are going to come into that mush with them. I don't know if West Ham has quite the depth to survive it. I think they're going to be right yeah. there though. I'm going to say they finished seventh though, and they're making another UOFA conference league dream run again next season. <laughs> Oh, man. Um,
0: yeah, I, I think you you make a good point, right? So they sit right now tied or tied for second with 10 points, currently sitting in fourth on goal difference. Um, and you've got Liverpool, Liverpool and Tottenham who have been off to really pretty good starts. Arsenal's right there. West Ham's the surprise team, right, just with how well they've done. And you look underneath them and you go, well, Brighton's right there, and Brentford can be solid, and Villa... United, I don't know if Chelsea's ever gonna figure it out, but Newcastle are pretty good, right? You can look all the way down to, I think reasonably like fourteenth place and go, there was a better team sitting right there. Right? And you can't always do that, right? And you wouldn't do that for every team, but reasonably hot start for hot start for West Ham. It hasn't been as soft a schedule as some of these other teams have had. Um But really it's it's been pretty good, right? They've they've looked. I as a as a Chelsea fan I can't ignore what they did to us in their home ground but I can't imagine anybody walking in there and bullying that squad and really doing very well without just absolute class performances. So um we you've said it about them before. I think they're lined up to be everybody's like bogey team is like, "Oh, you dropped two to, you know, you like you lost on the road and drew them at home, right? That kind of thing." But those points really add up. If they can just build a fortress and in their stadium, right? They can. Uh, I think they can. Probably, I think they can finish top six. I think they have the talent and play style to do so, right? You bring up Kudus. You bring up James Ward Prowse, who I've always loved. Um, you know, and they've they've like replaced Declan Rice in parts, um, but they are. Uh, I, I I think I'm going to have them in the top six, man. They're they're they what they've been doing is completely replicatable, right? It's not like they've had, like, a crazy goal-scoring run from, like, Mikel and Tony, right? It'd be one thing if you looked at the table and you were like, oh, West Ham are in, are in fourth right now or they're tied for second. Oh, what's going on? Oh, their striker has seven goals all of a sudden, right? You know what I mean? Like, those, those things kind of happen every once in a while. Somebody's off to a hot start. Like, their play style is the most, like, th- is the most, um, like, repeatable, right? They can go to anybody and not have the ball encounter, counter, Right. That's that's a hard that's an easy easy thing to do and a hard thing to do well, but they've been doing it so well. I I think I am going to put them in the top six, man. I am ready to lock it up. I am ready to lock it up, Zach. Get excited, buddy. You guys got European football um, again. Are they, yeah, they're still okay. in Europe this year, I guess, right? Um, but another team on the ascension. I think we're ready to go to the next topic here. Brighton is here to stay at the top of the Premier League. Here to stay, Spencer.
1: Yeah, Andrew. um, Obviously, last year they took that step of, you know, really putting themselves up there. They've kind of had this nice climb of, like, surviving to, like, being comfortably mid-table to, like, last year. They kind of broke into that upper echelon of the top half of the table. And, um, yeah, I, I look at them. There's... Some cause for concern to me of just I think this season is the big make or break one, right? They've been very good so far this year. They've had that bogey game against West Ham, as you kinda just said they're gonna be a bogey team for a lot of people. But um Yep. I, I think for Brighton it's it's I'm not ready to say they're like a staple at the top of this table quite yet. Um, call me – I'm just pessimistic today, I guess, for all these teams. But <laughs> I, I think for Brighton, I well, need to see Well, not every one team. I year. can
0: think of one team you are pretty positive about. Pretty glowing. Yeah. Oh, shocker. Pretty glowing By uh, respect,
1: yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I, I do like Brighton. I like what they're doing a lot, right? I actually like the Anzu Fati signing even, like coming yeah. in on loan. That's the type of, like, world-class – player, basically, that you wouldn't expect to go to that level of club, right? But, and I know he's had a funny thing of, like, he's had a lot of injuries and stuff at Barcelona, but normally, I just feel like when we see those guys go to, with no disrespect, uh, this, like, level of club, as Brighton is, there's normally something kind of fishy there, right? Like, the guy that stands out to me, who's, he's rebuilt his career at this point, but, like, remember when Renato Sanchez went to Swansea and we were all like, what yeah. the fuck? Whoa. Like, this like, guy oh. just, yeah. This yeah, is. you were like, this guy just, <laughs> like, won a European championship, basically, like, him and Ronaldo for Portugal. Right. He seems and, to be
0: the next guy. Right. And two and, years later, he's playing for Swansea.
1: Right. So, and oh. Brighton's Brighton's so much better than Swansea, right? I just more mean this as a club that doesn't have a super rich, you're just, like, yeah, winning history. you're just bringing up bird
0: clubs. So I got
1: you. Birds, yeah bird is clubs exactly mm-hmm. but um, yeah guys Pelicans. guys go to bird clubs they're done <laughs> <laughs> which
0: is why i think the atlanta falcons are getting last
1: again in the end in the <laughs> nfc South.
0: mark yeah, bijon
1: robinson absolutely fucked demand
0: yeah, a uh, trade now demand a trade now bijon yeah, thank happen. God Calvin Ridley <laughs>
1: got out of there before it was too late. But um,
0: I would be better no. on sports too if I had to play for the bird teams, man. Just
1: but um, Eagles yeah, I, I winning think the
0: Super Bowl, bunch of losers. Second I think place. Brighton's
1: gonna be good, right? I think they're going to be right up here if they can stay even in like a the same kind of realm as West Ham. If they finish, you know. Se- sixth, seventh. They obviously both can't finish seventh. I understand math that that doesn't work. So I can't pick them both to finish seventh. <laughs> I think they very well might finish top six again. I just, I'm not ready to say that this is completely like we're going to start next year. Right. And I'm going to be like Brighton's obviously in that top six mush. Right. Like I think that they haven't broken through that last barrier of being like a team that I'm considering in there. Only because I just need to see a little bit more, because I am from Missouri, and if you aren't aware, our motto is the show me state. I need to be shown and shown and shown over again before I trust you. To my detriment, I'm wrong about a lot of things because of this, but that's how I am. I can't change myself, Andrew <laughs> um
0: that's crazy the uh the the thing I would say with Brighton is so this is something I think about a lot with like college basketball, which is one of my other passions and loves. Right. is like, can you be a dynasty if you've just had one coach? Right. Like, like uh, Duke is a hard answer, but like you look like the university of Indiana, right? Bob Knight is incredible. He's one of the best coaches of all time. Right. They were an absolute powerhouse under him. And they haven't done a lot since, right. They haven't won the big 10 in like 20 years or something like that. Right. If I'm misquoting that, but that's the general idea that I'm kind of drawing on for this, right? Is <clears throat> the most impressive to me, thing to me, is when you switch up who's in charge and you maintain your level, right? Now, Graham Potter didn't exactly have him flying as high as Deserby the got there last year, but it wasn't an easy transition. They had a new, fiery, crazy guy come in and he took the, let the whole thing on fire and got everybody a ton of money, right? Now, if they can either lock down Deserby. Or the more likely thing is when someone comes calling and needs a coach, right? Is there any hotter name in, the, in coaching right now than Deserby? Right? Like if, if Pep goes to Spencer, if Pep goes to quote to coach the uh, English national team, which I'm sure you saw some of that fun stuff floating around Twitter today. Um, Pep gonna, Pep's gonna bring one home. It's like to Spain where he's from, maybe. But, no, the English media think that Pep will go uh, coach the national team in a couple years here with Southgate deciding to step down. Um, but do you – like, Would you? was there any coach right now that you know of that you'd want to succeed him rather than Roberto DeZerby? Is he the top of your theoretic wish list, whether it's in this year or a couple years?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think. You nailed on the head there. He's got to be at the top of the list for probably most clubs in the world if they lost like a big time manager at this point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if they can do this again, right, if they can bring up another coach to keep this going, right. Because that's what separates like historic teams from teams that had a good run, right. Is when the new guy comes in and even if you're doing things the same or different, how good is this? Right, That's what Chelsea struggled struggled with for years. Right, They're always firing their manager. Why? Well, because the recruitment is so good and we're paying all this money, we expect results. And that's where I think if they, after Deserby leaves, that's when I will look to put Brighton as someone who quote-unquote stays at the top of the Premier League if they're going to go there.
1: Right, and just to expound on that point really quick, I think that's almost what makes it, Like, that's the thing that's hardest, I think, to make your club into one of these, you know, super elite teams. Right. Is going from a team that's really good, that gets picked apart, but always replenishes pretty well and always kind of competitive. Like Southampton did this forever. Right. Of like they were really good. Their recruitment was awesome and they would just sell guys like I mean, look at the guys who came through there. And most of them went to Liverpool for like fucking pennies um, like Van Dyke. Mane, um, James Ward-Prowse obviously came mm-hmm. out of Southampton. There's there's so many guys that came from that academy and that team. But Southampton never really got past the point of like where Brighton's at right now. And I think that's just a testament to how hard it is to go from one of those type of teams to being a team that's, yeah, you can buy some of our players. But we'll also, like, like Brighton still hasn't shown that they can which they can't, I mean, financially they can't, I understand that, but they if, if somebody comes with enough money, they're selling a guy, right? Like, you look at a team like Chelsea or City or Liverpool, like, look at the Mo Salah thing right now. Like, Saudi Arabia is offering all the money in the world, and Liverpool is still saying no because this guy's too important to us and we don't really care. Like, I think if you offered Brighton $250 million for anything at their – whole facility minus maybe the stadium <laughs> they'd be like yeah sure you can have it 100 no yep. problem so breaking into that next echelon of teams is going to be very hard for brighton um but, <laughs> but hell, chelsea I, would I, like I, to fund it we can do it we can get you there <laughs> <laughs> yeah todd boley is uh your number one fundraiser if you're brighton and Hove hovalvian for sure
0: you throw in matoma and deservey and i can get you 300 million today <laughs> <laughs> can do it we can make it happen ffp baby we've got it all figured out um but yeah i, I think that's a great way to kind of think about it as like the longevity of it too and then just the financial aspect right can you really compete with these guys for a long time right like right now liverpool is the biggest club that's going to cry poor all the time you can't do that right you have to get to pretend to be a little bit better than that you have to go the newcastle route you got to have this money or you gotta be the smartest. And the problem with being the smartest is people start nitpicking your guys, right? Mm -hmm. They start
1: taking backroom staff, they start taking the people who make this work. Yeah, and I think just to kind of close on this, just to say one nicer thing about them, because I know we've kind of come on them a bit hard, it sounds like in this segment. I I spoke about Enzo Fati a minute ago, like getting that caliber of guy to agree to come there. Like he needed to go somewhere to kind of re not rebuild his career completely. He's just been injured so much lately at Barcelona. Kind of, that's obviously a, there's no, that's obviously a world, world world-class team, right? That's a world, world world-class team. He could have gone to really big clubs. I bet like places like in Italy, like I I mean, Juventus, the Milan teams and stuff. I mean, I would imagine those would have been options for him of where he could have gone and got a lot of playing time. He chose to go to Brighton, and that says a lot of good things for Brighton that they're able to recruit that level player, right? So, if they can stay in that realm, stay competitive, and st- keep bringing in guys like that, they could take that next step, Andrew. That's kind of their path to it, I believe.
0: Yeah, there's. I think that's. It's not a. It's not a far off world where Fati looks great, secures a thirty million pound move to Brighton permanently next year, and him and Matoma are the best wingers in the league. Right, like that's that's not that's not an immediate possibility, but if that ended up happening, would any of us really be shocked? Right, if next year me and you are doing the preview and going, Well yeah, the best wingers in the league go to Brighton. You got a Fati on the on the right and Matoma on the left and you know, what are you gonna do? Those two are a problem, right? We could start tweeting like the NBA tweets about fictional backcourts that are never gonna happen. Kyrie and Tony Parker would be a problem. Like, no they wouldn't. <laughs> They'd be fine. They'd have some issues. Every team does. Like, shut the hell up. Can't stand
1: that. Yeah, yeah Andrew. I, I don't think many would be shocked by that. I think maybe the only one would be Todd Bowley because he'd be shocked that they weren't playing for Chelsea yet. So,
0: Well, they are the right age profile.
1: And that's what we do, apparently.
0: James Madison, 26 years old. Fuck off, you ancient motherfucker. We don't want you. Um, and That's been depressing Chelsea talk. Um, Into... I think one of the one of the most fun questions we kind of have here. Um, I'm going to go to I'm going to call a little bit of an audible and save the relegation question for last year, but this is this rough patch for Newcastle is a blip on the
1: radar to a top 4 push. Oh, so this is a tough one, Andrew, right? Because if you asked me this a couple of weeks ago, like after they played City, I had it locked in of – I think I was on the podcast as saying, you know, this Newcastle team is going to be fine. They're good. I can see it when I play them. They're good. And then things got a little sideways when – they lose despite being a man up against Liverpool, blow a lead, then it's like, oh, that doesn't look too good. I don't really love that. But maybe, that. you know, it's it's Liverpool. Maybe, I don't,
0: you know, I don't know. Maybe- yeah, maybe,
1: like, you know, shit happens, I guess, you know, they'll, they'll probably be fine. But I, I didn't love that one, I got to be honest. That was cause for a bit of concern with me. And then, this past weekend, 3-1 against Brighton, who, you know, we've just had a nice session of saying some nice things about brighton but if i mean that's a team that newcastle probably thinks that if they're going to look they're still even though they made top four last year they're still trying to cement their spot as one of these locks for being in that big six type of territory as well um i think i'm gonna side on The game of new like the Newcastle games I've watched this season, sat down and watched all ninety minutes of, uh, would be the Villa game and the City game, and I think that this team is good enough that this is just a blip on the radar. I think they're going to iron this out because this is a hell this is a hell of a start to the season, right? When you go Villa, who's a sexy pick to be good this year, you go. Man City who I just said is probably going to win the league by 20 points, then you go Liverpool who's good <laughs> and Brighton who's going to be right there in the big in the top 6 argument all year. That's a that's a murderer's row, right? That's about as tough as it gets to start a season. Right. So Yeah, one one think, for four could have been a reasonable prediction just looking at this. Right. Right. Yeah, I I think you'd obviously have Liked for them to maybe mix in at least a draw in some of those games, right? But, I mean, if you went into it and you said they lose the City game, they lose the Liverpool game, they beat Villa, and they draw against Brighton, then I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, away at Brighton, lose to the bigger teams, and beat Villa, fine. Like, get four points out of that. They only get three, but I, I think they're going to be all right, right? There, There's going to be <laughs> – we're going to talk more about, like, the relegation teams here in a minute, but – they're going to play some really shitty teams at some point, right? They're going to go on a hell of a run, I think, at that point. And I think that this is just a blip on the radar, Andrew. Because when I watch them play, when I've watched them play, I should say, they've looked very good. They've impressed me. I think that they can play multiple ways. They can kind of suck in possession. They can kind of dictate the pace of the game. So I don't, I'm don't. i not too worried about them. I, I don't know that that's okay. going to rally them to a top four necessarily at the end of the year, but I think they're yeah. going to be in the discussion. I I think, yeah, I I think you lay out a very good point, right? That
0: looking at these teams and being like, yeah, hey, they're only going to take, you know, three points from their first four games. Well, shit, it better be Villa, City, Liverpool, and Brighton. Like, that better be who you're playing, and it is. Um, The problem is they looked so good against Villa that everything else seems to really chip away at what we thought about them, right? Like, Tenali was getting ready to be in people's, like, you know, final 11 for the whole year right after the first game and he's not been as good since he's been fine he's been good right but i think we were ready to uh you know usher him into the elite midfielder category which i think now you can have a couple conversations about right um the thing that i worry with them is the way you brought up arsenal last year right were they the best team all year no but they were the best team at the start of the year and you can ride that for a long time if you get bogged down in the shit you kind of are just in the shit right like it's really hard to fight your way back up out of that like eight spot right and get into the top six and get into a top four this is the team i had finishing second this year right when we did our prediction so no one was higher on newcastle than i was um but i think we also the thing we loved about west ham this year and hated about them last year is they didn't last year they tried to be better than what they were right like with their play style they tried to play out more and and do things that west ham hadn't done it's like you know throw what you know right stick who stick with who got you here newcastle was the hardest team to score against last year right and granted they're not getting blown out in any of these games right but two to one with ten men You had a one-goal lead and you lost with 10 men to two Darwin Nunez strikes. Like, shut it down, Newcastle. What are we going for style here? You had a lead. Like, even when it gets tied up, it's like, okay, we'll stop the bleeding, right? It's easier said than done, obviously, against a good Liverpool team, especially when Darwin Nunez wants to wake up and act like he's incredible for the first time since he's been (laughs) been to Liverpool. Um, But even against Brighton, like, just giving up three goals is a lot, right? Right? We talked about it in the premiere or in the preview, right? And their even their goal against them was late, right? They gave up a tr- uh, they give up a hat trick to Evan Ferguson, who looks to be incredible. I can't wait till Chelsea buys him for ninety eight million um, thousand dollars. But seems to be kind of like you know, it's like this is a going to be a crowning achievement for him is this hat trick that he pulled off for them, and really could lead to a lot more. So I just think it's a really tough time for. To look at this and go, yeah, no, you'll be fine, right? Um, Because we know it's easier to stumble against lesser competition than it is to run down. I think it's easier to stumble against lesser competition than it is to run down superior equal competition. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think for sure that that is definitely the worry, I think, too, is that they – just get into a funk and they kind of can't get their way out of it for a while. And by the time they start to figure it out, it's maybe too late. Uh, Not to mention that um, obviously they're going to be in the Champions League too. That's extra fixtures they have to deal with as well. So They would um, not be the
0: first team to stumble because of too many games. It's a really tough thing to deal with.
1: Right, so uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how Newcastle kind of goes the rest of the way here. I, I think they'll they'll iron it out. I think they'll get on the straight and narrow. I guess I don't know if that necessarily translates to top four for sure, but I think that they'll we'll, – when we're sitting there in March, April, and we're, like, talking about the race for the top four, I think their name's going to be in there at the very least.
0: Speaking of – excellent transition, Spencer. Final one here as we uh, close out this quick – episode of fish and fries the race for top four will be more competitive than the relegation battle this season something we believe in or something we don't believe
1: andrew i've spent all this time talking about how it looks like i basically have said like fucking six teams in this episode um are going to be in the top six and that's not even including city who i just said (laughs) is going to win so obviously that race is going to be great and even despite that Hell no, because this relegation uh -uh, rate is about to be crazy, bro, because there are so many bad, bad teams this year, Andrew. And
0: where do you want to cut off the – where do you want to start the list of horrible teams? Because I'm looking at it right now, and I've got a definite bottom five, I think, that just look like, yikes, man. Um.
1: I think I'd throw it to six even. I'd say the bottom six Ooh. right now is all bad. Just so bad. Everything from wolves down.
0: And and we say this out of love. Sorry, Brandon. One of my yeah, huge wolves well, you'll be devastated to hear it. Mateus Cunha's weeping somewhere. Um But they uh we say this out of love, right? This is the best this is one of the best parts of the sport. It's not your hope your team loses, right? I hate that loser attitude of like, well, we can get the first pick. And I get it. I get why we all do it, right? Because God knows a quarterback would change everything, right? Or the first overall pick. Whatever. Pick your sport, right? We just had it happen in, in hockey with Bedard, right? He's supposed to change the whole outlook of the franchise that was looking at a pretty long reboot. Um, but there's, no, there's nothing to hope for. It is just on the roller coaster, white-knuckling it through the whole rest of the season here for Burnley, Luton, everton the once great and proud everton southampton or uh, not southampton wow sheffield united bournemouth and you grouped wolves in here um i think one of wolves and bournemouth will be down here i expect one of them to like kind of flip their way up the standings right to kind of beat down on these lesser teams and i really think it is going to be a bottom five i'm not sure who it is yet between bournemouth and wolves yet but uh that's kind of one of those teams will like, someone will get hot, right? That's where you get to, like, you know, Taiwa Iwanini last year. Gets hot, pulls Forrest out of relegation, right? That's what you need. Um, and I think uh, I would have Fulham in that group, too, if they had not somehow kept Paulina. Um, we thought he was gone. He was in Bayern getting ready to join that team. And then it fell through for no discernible reason that I've been able to figure out. So Fulham's on watch Fulham's had a really good performance and even like a perfect send off for Paulina. And I look at him and go, Hmm, don't know if that's going to stick. Don't know how much I buy the, uh, you know, any, any attack that William is still an integral part of is tough to believe in a little bit. And I love William, but that's happening on a week to week basis.
1: Yeah, um, I think Fulham's even on watch yet yeah, to get into this because you know they kept pulling but you wonder like the whole like upset the apple cart type of thing if that mm-hmm. comes into play here. Yeah, he hit, he had such um, a
0: beautiful send off with that goal,
1: right? I know, and like he and scored then he was that like, goal. Then yeah. they were like, yes. "Come back, uh, get beat five one by Manchester City." Just Maybe watch come Erling back. Holland just do Nordic God stuff right in front of you. So. He was just Um, like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to play with Kimmich
0: and Goretzka, and we'll just feed the ball to Harry Kane, and I can just do my defensive mitt. What's going on? I have to stop everything all the time and have the most tackles in the league again? And score the goal? Okay, all right. You know, he had the light at the end of the tunnel was right there. And you're going to pay me less? Just bucked up. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Tough one for, It's uh, it's, it's that
0: scene from, it's that scene where, uh, where they're going to sell the house in, uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> 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 We're not going on the boat. You're selling the house and we have to get a job or whatever they say. Right. I never get the quote. What exactly. the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. This is a house. of. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm going to get the quote. I am. No one is better at misquoting a quote that I absolutely know than me. So I'm going to, uh, leave it to the pros there, but, um, yeah, I, I but, think I think the relegation as as excited as we are and even like for me like as hopeful as I hope Chelsea would be a fucking part of it, which I don't think they're not lining up to do. The relegation battle is so fun. So fun, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's we we're, we're four games in. There's five teams that haven't won a game yet. And then like Wolves who I grouped in there, they're only wins versus Everton, which like should only count for half. So <laughs> like true. this is gonna yeah. be, this is gonna be down to the wire. I think here, man. It does. It does go a long way to
0: explaining the three points. It's like, oh, the problem with Everton is they never get to play Everton, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it'd be so much easier,
0: right? Maybe Luton can squeeze out a couple games in that absolute neighborhood of an arena they have, but I don't know, man. It's looking a little hairy at the bottom of the table, and, and that's what you want. Yeah,
1: but, it's it's kind of like just to kind of like put it a different spin on it. It's kind of sad, right? Cause one of the, like the fun things about this league is when these plucky underdog teams come up and they kind of, you know, outperform their, you know, what we expect of them, what we predict for them to be. They come up and they shock us all. Like Huddersfield town is the one that super stands out to me. If everybody was like, they're going to come up and they're going to maybe get like 10 points this year and they're going to go mm. right back down. And that, that well, that did happen the next year. Are the you First year, they did vintage Manchester Aaron Moy. Are you talking vintage about vintage Aaron Moy? I'm the talking Sloven's still property man. of Manchester man- City, man- Aaron Moy. <laughs> that can't be
0: true.
1: Yeah. Property? How?
0: No. We were loaning him.
1: We loaned him to so what?
0: Brisbane? Where's he back to Australia no, we, now?
1: We loaned him Yikes. to uh, to Huddersfield.
0: Well, I. <laughs> Yeah, they wouldn't give him back. It's called a kidnapping, I think. Well, then we gave him um, to him, and, and, and then they, and, got, they, and, they promptly uh, got
1: like seven points the next year. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. You you always still want some of that pep magic dust sprinkled on you, right? I mean, mixed discaroot isn't walking through that door, boys. We're going to have to actually grit oh. and grind our way through here. Um, shout out to Goat. Sh- shout out to somebody. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to call him the Goat, but uh, unless you are thinking of anything else, buddy, I think we are – about ready to kind of wrap up, move on, get yeah, back to uh, get everybody back to their first soccer football combined week, first merging of the yeah. two great games.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be fun, Andrew. I'm, I'm so pumped for football this week. I know we got to wrap it up real quick because you've got some fantasy football responsibilities coming up <laughs> and then we got ones together here and in like another hour, it's, it's just, it's, it's a crazy <laughs> yeah. time of year. I've been doing a draft as we're doing this thank god it's a slow clock so been okay but it's ramping up my friend thank god for the international break like you said that said
0: appreciate it man had a lot of fun if anybody wants to follow us on social media um or email us in we are getting the emails going again here it is fishfriespod fries pod at gmail.com
1: yes sir at fish fries pod on twitter dying on the hill mm-hmm. not x twitter and um sears tower baby sears tower baby but yeah let's call it on that andrew let's go uh draft some imaginary football players yes sir uh until next time buddy appreciate it man